I had to tell my professor, wait, 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 can you give me like two seconds? There's an earthquake in Taiwan. Welcome back to Midnight O2 Season 2, Episode 13. This is your host, Amy. How was your day? I hope everything went well. I know it's been a while since I recorded a podcast episode for everyone, but I didn't forget. I want every episode to be a good quality episode. That's why I've been working on it. So two weeks ago, I did a podcast with my friend Evelyn, and we recorded an episode on study abroad, and I shared my experience in London. And we had the episode up in her podcast. And her podcast name is Wonder the World Podcast. You can search it up on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. So let's talk about today. This episode will be the last episode of this year. Don't worry, I'll be back next year. I will always be recording and keep writing, so don't worry about that. Today I want to share about my stories, of course. I want to talk about 10 things I'm grateful for. And I made a list. Here I am. I will be reading the list and sharing my stories. First, I met four new friends this year. I met them through different mediums and different methods. But they are all amazing people and amazing friends that I've met in Taiwan. So for those who know me in person, I actually don't have many Taiwanese friends. The few Taiwanese friends that I actually have, they're from my childhood friends or years and years ago when I went to school here in Taiwan for elementary. And I held on to the people and we were still friends these days. But this year I met new people and they gave me new inspiration. It's so cool that we share so many interests and we understand each other's feelings and perspectives. I believe we always attract similar people in our lives. And I made sure this point this year. So the four new friends that I made this year, they're all similar in terms of they love music like I do. And they love writing just like me. And it was so nice to be understood and to understand a person's thought process and perspectives. I think it's important in a friendship where you exchange different ideas and receive new ideas from another mind. I think it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> okay, so my friends, I'm grateful for you. And of course, my old friends, new friends, people who's decided to stay in my life. I think we always have a choice to let people stay and hold on to people. I remember reading a psychology research saying that the maximum relationships, including friendships, family, and people you love, that you can keep in your life is 12 relationships. So no matter if it's friends or family, it's really hard to maintain relationship with a different person when it comes to more than 12 people. And I did the calculation. I remember talking about this in season one, I believe. And when I did the calculation, I think, yes, it is difficult to maintain a lot of relationships. You just don't have that much time and mental capacity to get to know one and another and understand and digest the feelings and be there for everybody. 
So I think it's important to make a choice and make decisions as time goes on. And the second thing that I'm grateful for is my podcast, of course. I'm grateful for having Midnight O2, and I spend a lot of efforts recording every single episode and reviewing the comments, updating, editing, uploading. It actually takes a bit of courage to upload every episode. Sometimes I wonder when I listen to the replay: Is this good enough? Is this quality contents? Are these what people need to hear? Am I speaking the truth? Am I showing them my best? Sometimes I ask myself these questions, and I want to be better. And sometimes these pressure just are overwhelming, to be honest. But I'm glad that I have this opportunity to talk and to be here for you. I'm not sure if you find this helpful or if you fall asleep while listening to Midnight O Two or my Mandarin podcast. But if you like it, it's my pleasure. And the third thing I'm grateful for is, as you know, I'm currently in Taipei, Taiwan. I was able to spend time with my family members since I came back temporarily, and I was able to understand more about my family members, including my brother, my aunt, my parents, and my dogs. So nice that. I get to understand the details of their lifestyles and a lot of things that can't be shared with Zoom calls or just video calls. It is different, but I gotta say sometimes it is challenging to live with parents again this year. Even though I have my own room, it's just still hard. So because I'm used to living by myself, and I am still looking forward to going back to Seattle. But I do appreciate the time that I get to spend with my family as they're getting old. And the fourth thing I'm grateful for is that I was able to celebrate my best friend's birthday in a very special way. And here's the story time. <laughs> Here comes the story. So my friend's name is Ellie, and she used to live in Taiwan, and she had a dog in Taiwan. But she had to move to Korea and then to the states. So the family gave the dog to another friend. And now Ellie's back in Korea. She's not Taiwanese, so she can't be in Taiwan at this point without visa or any documents. But her dog that she loves so much is still in Taiwan. And Ellie's birthday is coming up. So I thought to myself, oh, I should do something when I'm in Taiwan. And I asked Ellie, what does she want for her birthday? She said. Uh, I want something that's meaningful, and when it comes to meaningful, I thought about something that is one and only. And then her dog comes up to my mind. I was like, maybe I should contact the owner, the current owner. So I did, and I contacted through Ellie's brother and through Ellie's brother's friend. <laughs> I was able to get to the dog, the dog's current owner. And I contacted her. I explained who I am, what I'm doing, and what I need. So I decided to get the dog's footprint and put it in a frame, put it in a photo frame, and send the current dog's photos with the special footprint and send it as a gift for Ellie on her birthday. And then I did. So I ordered online a bunch of footprints. Set that are for dogs and cats, so they're totally toxic-free, 
and they're so cute. I got some for my dogs too. These are not paid ads. If you're wondering, I get nothing from this shop. But anyways, I did it, and I contacted the current dog owner. I explained it, and I shipped everything to her, and I met up with her, and I was able to give her a set of the stamp as well. So we collected the dog's footprint, and I put it in a frame. I went to the store and printed out the photos. I put everything together and mailed it, mailed it to Ellie, and she liked it so much. That she called me, and we were both moved. You know, she said, "Oh wow, I didn't think that it would be actually her dog's footprint." And I was like, "Yeah, I had to do it for you. I think this is the one and only time that I was able to do it because I'm in Taiwan right now, and her dog is getting old. We want to have a memory that lasts forever, that is one and only and special, just this one time." And that's why I did it. And she said it's the best thing that she's ever received. It's the best thing that I've ever given her. And I was so glad. And it reminded me of how happy I feel when I give someone something. Sometimes I feel sad and depressed and upset. And I think about what are some things I could give to people. My mom used to tell me if you give people something, then you'll feel happy. But when I was younger, I didn't believe in it. To be honest, I was like, "Oh, if you give a lot of things away, a part of yourself away, how would you feel happy? How is it possible?" But as I grow older, I realized it is true about what my mom told me. I want to be someone who's willing to give and not have to worry about what I receive, and I'm working on it. So, Ellie, if you're listening to this, happy birthday again, and love you. <laughs> Okay, so that was a little bit long, but I thought it was cute, so I decided to share the story. And number five, I was able to practice the piano and my guitar again. So for those who know me, I love singing and I love music. Who doesn't? I know, but I spent ten years singing in the choir and I did a lot of vocal trainings before on the stage, and I miss performances. To be honest. And I was able to meet a lot of musicians this year, and we exchanged different ideas and perspectives on music. But it's different from writing for me. For me, music is a way to relax. It's a way to express myself. But music is never the same like creative writing in my mind. For me, I'll give up everything just to do creative writing. But I'm not sure if music is the same thing in my eyes. But don't get me wrong, I do love singing and I love the stage, I love performing. But I've been thinking about this for the past few months. If I were to given a choice to choose again, I probably would still be a writer, storyteller, a poet, instead of a musician. So, for those. I think I talked about this a thousand times at this point. <laughs> I studied creative writing and visual arts, right, as undergraduate majors. I wanted to do a third major in vocal performance, 
but in the end, I decided to do two study abroads in London and Tokyo. That's why I wasn't able to do a third major. My friends thought I was crazy already doing two majors and two study abroads, basically nonstop learning throughout seasons. But that was me, you know. People said I was like an overachiever, but for me, that was my way of living through my college life. Anyways, I ended up joining. I think I ended up auditioning for like a music major choir, and I ended up having so much fun with them. I love choir, love singing, and I don't think anything would change that. So, I'm still thinking about what music means to me and what storytelling means to me, and how in the future I could perhaps connect these two fields together. But then the other day I was talking to my friend. I said, I feel like I gave a hundred percent of me to writing already. I can't be this greedy. I can't have everything, you know. I don't think my talent or efforts in music is comparable to everything that I did for writing, and probably that's why I'm a writer, not like a professional singer. But I do have dreams in music field, if that's what you're asking, and that's what you're wondering. Because I do love singing to the point that. I want to be good at it, and I want to take lessons. I want to record music covers. That's why I do a bunch of those on my YouTube. If you're wondering, but the most important thing will always be writing and podcast and giving speeches, writing poems. So I was glad that I was able to practice the piano and the guitar because I don't have the space to put the instruments right now in Seattle, and. I'm looking forward to having my own house later on, so I could have a room with instruments and recording equipments in it. That way, I could better record my podcast as well as practicing music, just for myself. Okay. <laughs> and here comes to number six. So the sixth thing that I'm grateful for is that I start to value and appreciate the basic needs. So shelter, sunshine, food, water, people I love. Honestly, this is the best thing ever about living. I know a lot of things have happened this year, and we talked about it. I interviewed many different guests and how COVID and this year has impacted their lives. It changed everything, changed everything forever, and nothing. There's nothing I could do. Sometimes I feel like I only have. My words and my voice—I don't know if they could actually be as healing as I want them to be, but I hope they could. So, I just want to let you know that I start to rethink about the importance of basic needs, basic human needs, including shelter, sunshine, food, like I said, and I'm able to have those, and I'm grateful for those. These are so many things that. Maybe we didn't think of last year. We didn't think that 2020 would be like this, and we didn't think how these things are so important until we're losing them. But I think that's human beings, and I wrote a lot about this already. So I think you know where my stand is. Remember how I wrote this poem that starts with "It takes guts to treat people nicely these days." It's kind of On the same line, what I'm trying to say is that 
sometimes we don't appreciate things that we should appreciate, but we start to understand the importance of them when we're losing them or after we lose them. So I hope I'm saying this to remind myself, and perhaps it could be helpful in your life. Okay, and number seven. That was a little bit heavy, wasn't it? Okay, so I am currently in a long-distance relationship with someone I love, my partner. So I am very happy that I was able to confirm how much I appreciate and I love this person through long-distance relationship. More time I spend with myself, the more I know it's important to have him in my life, and he feels the same. So I'm very lucky, and we did an episode on long-distance relationship and Mandarin podcast. If you're curious, you can listen to that. If not, then I will be posting more poems about long-distance relationships. Yep. He once said to me that if you miss me, just write a poem. <laughs> And then there are so many, so many poems after that, but it's not like I post every single one of them. Maybe I should. Should I? <laughs> okay. The eighth thing that I'm grateful for is that I have so much time by myself, so I, I am able to understand myself a little bit better. What I like, what I don't like, and how to take care of myself. And if I'm not taking care of myself, why is that? I ask myself a lot of questions. My family and friends. Say that I overthink, but I'm a writer. What could I do? Of course, I gotta think. I gotta write. There are always so many things and thoughts, words in my mind that I have to get them out of my mind into your hand. So I write them down and I try to express myself through words. Again, storyteller's problem, but I was able to understand myself better, and I think it's so important in this. Life journey. Now we take time to talk to ourselves. I actually do talk to myself like this. I would be saying like, "Amy, I'm sorry that you had to put yourself through this. <laughs> this is so embarrassing to admit and say, but I do talk to myself sometimes. So sometimes they think I'm crazy, but I am. <laughs> Just kidding. I think a lot of us are a little bit crazy at this century when we." Do a bunch of things, but it's just I'm honest that sometimes I am a little bit crazy and insane in people's eyes. But writers, writers' problem, <laughs> or it's just me. It's just me. Okay, it's just me. Don't tell other writers that I said this. Anyways, okay, number nine. The ninth thing I'm grateful for is I have more time for writing. Yes, I do write a lot actually, still on a daily basis, and I think it's important to free write. And it's important to think and write everything down. So your English teacher was right. <laughs> I don't want to be an English teacher that nags students, but write it out if you can. Think out loud, write it out. Okay. I spend a lot of time on writing, crafting, editing, and I feel very happy about it. Again, I understand how much I love about writing. So one thing that I realized about writing is that I had a meeting online with my English professors from a while ago, and I told him there's something that he said that stuck with me for the rest of my life, and 
he asked me what it is. I told him, Professor, you said this five years ago. You probably don't remember who I am, but your words stuck with me. I told him on a class that we had. He mentioned he used to do a bunch of flipping through books and writing down words when he was a little boy at the house with his cousins and with his uncle and aunt. And years later, when he became a professor in English creative writing and when he published different books, his family were like, "Oh yeah, of course, it makes sense. You started doing all those when you were just a kid. You know, everything makes sense." But the professor told the students, included me, he said, "It's actually not true. You know, he knew the parents and uncles and aunts would have said something else if he didn't become an English professor. If he were to do something else, like..." Totally different from writing. They would have said, "Why didn't you? Why did you spend so much time on writing? It wasn't worth any of your time. Why did you do it? Why did you do that?" And then I talked about this again. Last, I talked about this again last month during this online meeting to this professor, and he said, "Thank you for this." And he said he really meant it. He really believed that. He really believes that you shouldn't think so much about what other people thought of you, especially on your writing and how you do creative writing. And at that moment, I teared up. I teared up during a Zoom call meeting with my English professor. I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> it was so memorable that I teared up. I'm not sure if he noticed it through the screen, but I teared up, and I was like, I'm glad that. We were able to have a conversation on this again. It really motivates me as a writer, and I wanted to share this moment with you. Although it is kind of raw <laughs> and naked, but then here I am. I'm always honest, like I promise, right? I will always be honest in my writing and podcasts. So here it is. And I remember when we had the meeting over Zoom. It was a video call. It was at midnight, and there was an earthquake in Taiwan. Oh my gosh! I had to tell my professor, "Wait, wait, wait! Can you give me like two seconds? There's an earthquake in Taiwan." And professor was like, "What? Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm okay. Sorry about that." Okay, yeah. So that happened. I'm probably one of the first students who experienced earthquake with my English professor, who's in the states right now. Am I that memorable student that he'll be talking about? Not because of my writing, but because of the earthquake. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. Anyways, I'll just keep writing. So, here comes to the last thing. Last but not least, the tenth thing that I'm grateful for is you. Yes, you. You are my reader who's currently listening to Amy's podcast of Midnight O Two. Even though we don't really talk, and I don't know who you are, you probably don't don't know who I am, but you should know at this point. I am very grateful for you, paying attention to what I have to say, reading my poems, giving me likes, commenting, or sending me messages. Every single line, every single text that you send to me, I remember them. And they mean so much to me. I just want to thank you for that. I know there's not a lot that I could provide, but if you like my words or my voice or my contents in both podcasts, 
It's my pleasure, my honor. I'm very grateful to have an audience like you. And in the future, I'll keep producing and writing different contents and different methods and different platforms. So please look forward to those. I will be a better Amy in 2021. At least a little bit better. 0.0001. <laughs> I think that would be better. That is already better than this year me. I hope you could be kind to yourself, you know. Be kind to yourself and to the world. That's what I always say. And I'm working on it myself as well. So, if you have any stories that you want to share with me or feedback about today's episode, feel free to message me on Instagram at ahcpoetry or ahcpoetry at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning into Midnight O2. This is your host, Amy. I will see you next week and have a good night.